Welcome back to Amazing Horse Country. Amazing Horse Country is a unique and positive style of relational horsemanship. We're down to earth, honest, and well, we just really enjoy horses. This is the final episode in the series, Interstellar Horse. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes yet, go back and listen to them now, or this one won't make much sense. Sometimes, we think that liberty is sort of a separate exercise, an individual style, or even a discipline. Personally, I think that liberty with horses is a required part of any human-horse relationship. In our style of horsemanship, liberty work is a venue in which we develop our ability to communicate with horses and learn to be leaders in their eyes. Thus, Liberty isn't trick training. It isn't strictly groundwork either. It's simply a way in which we can engage with our horse. And thus, riding can be liberty too. The only difference is that our position has shifted from the ground to the horse's back. Imagine your horse following you just as adeptly in the saddle as on the ground. You might just find yourself wondering what those reins are for. To learn more about Liberty work, you can watch our videos at AmazingHorseCountry.com. Check out the Basics of Liberty Part 1-3 to series. It's a great tutorial for building up a true connection with your horse. And this summer, we have Liberty Clinics, hosted at the Amazing Horse Country Ranch. Head to our website at AmazingHorseCountry.com and sign up for one. We'd love to meet you. Hey, hi, Ditch. What's that? Yeah, yeah, sure, I can tell them that. So, Ditch wanted me to tell you one last thing before we get started. We put in several days of work for each one of our podcast episodes. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of fun. But production, including all of our recording and editing gear, does have a cost. We'd be so grateful if you can support us. And our plans start as little as $3 Canadian per month. It's super easy to sign up for and includes lots of amazing benefits from Amazing Horse Country merch to live streaming webinars. Take a minute and head to patreon.com slash amazinghorsecountry and help us out. Thanks in advance. And thanks, Ditch. Amazing Horse Country Inspiring connection, creating success. It's what we do. And now, the final episode in our series, Interstellar Horse. Enjoy! The sound of air, or maybe fans, and a cacophony of mechanical noises erupted from the other side of the door. Ahead of us was a sight that honestly freaked me out a bit. 
there was a long metal scaffold apparently suspended in the air that connected this corridor to its counterpart on the other side. It was a long way over there, and beneath that scaffold was a long drop. A long, long, long drop. Now, if this were a nice bridge, I'd have no problem with it, but it wasn't. A myriad of pipes and conduits ran down the center of this, well, let's just call it a catwalk, and there was only about a foot of clear space on either side of the center. And off of the edge of that tiny walking space was a drop to, well, I don't know how far down it went. Have you ever taken a video camera and filmed in a mirror? You know how the camera films itself, filming itself, filming itself, on and on and on to infinity? This is what it looked like to me. Looking down, I saw identical catwalks for the three floors below us, and after that, well, it was just concentric rings along the outside of the shaft as far as I could see. A memory popped into my head of standing on the glass floor of the CN Tower when our family had taken a trip to Toronto, Ontario years ago. One of those things that takes your breath away. Literally. How the heck are we going to get across? I had an idea and I knew right away that Ditch was not going to like it. Hold still, buddy and I grasped his mane and swung up onto his back again. I felt a bit naked without reins, but Ditch and I had done so much liberty work that I didn't think this would be a problem. With, well, the exception of the falling part. I thought of elevating the left side of my body slightly as I gently pressed my leg to Ditch's side and pushed lightly with my left seat bone. Ditch responded easily and moved his hind over to the right. Now we were perpendicular to the catwalk. The distance over the pipes and conduit seemed to be about the same as the distance between Ditch's front and hind legs. This was going to be stupid, but I was out of ideas and Ditch finally caught on to what my plan was side pass all the way down the length of the catwalk front feet on one side of the utility corridor and hind feet on the other he wouldn't be able to miss a single step not by an inch i focused on being positive you can do this bud we've got this Crossing his front and hind feet over in perfect balance, Ditch moved with strict precision, step by step. And I was sweating in concentration, cognizant of breathing deeply, evenly, and maintaining a calm, focused energy. Ditch needed that, because if he became anxious and missed a step, well, down we go. With extreme caution, I felt him pick up a front foot and meticulously lift it over and place it back down, then a hind foot. It was taking forever, but with each step I felt reassured that we were going to make it, 
Ditch was a rock star. One small step after another and we were nearing the halfway point. Level 3, alert! Netflix will be temporarily taken offline while the substance data feed matrix is recalibrated. If you're currently watching a program that's entirely too bad, lazy comrades should be walking, not relaxing. And the surprise of that announcement broke our concentration and caused Ditch to jump ever so slightly. But that little jump was enough for him to lose his footing. I felt his hips drop out beneath him as his hind feet slipped off the catwalk and into the emptiness of the chasm. And I was falling with him. No! I cried as Ditch bellered for help. But there was nothing I could do. As we fell into the open space, I felt myself float off of Ditch's back, but I held onto his mane. Ditch was paddling his legs in slow motion, like he was swimming, as we plummeted down completely out of control. I wondered what it would be like when we crashed into the floor at the bottom, if there was a bottom. Artificial gravity will be turned off for routine maintenance. Artificial gravity will fail in exactly three seconds. If you're using the bathroom, you'll want to flush now. I wasn't even paying attention to the announcement. Suddenly, though, I felt us stop accelerating downwards. We were still moving, but slowing down. I held tight to Ditch's mane and tried to pull myself onto his back. But all I succeeded in doing was floating above his back with my feet higher than his head. I was staring down at the white blaze on his nose and he was staring back up at me. His expression clearly read, What the heck is going on here? As our descent continued to slow, I noticed we were passing level 2. Signs on the bulkhead doors on this side of the shaft had huge numbers denoting the level. Level 1 was coming up. And level 1 had air! We needed to get to that level. As we passed the level 1 catwalk, I launched myself off of Ditch's back and we both simultaneously reached out and grabbed the edge of it. My fingers held in the cross-hatching of the catwalk floor and Ditch's hooves caught the edge, slowing him down but swinging him in an arc below it. Our descent had been halted, but we were far from safe. I pulled myself up on the catwalk, careful not to pull too much and send myself rocketing back up in the zero gravity environment. Ditch hung on by the edge, a pleading look in his eyes saying, get me out of this. I hooked my legs in the pipes running down the center of the catwalk and grasped Ditch's right front foot and slowly started to lift him up. This was likely the first and last time I'd ever lift an entire horse up with my hands. Level 5 alert! Artificial gravity maintenance is now complete. This is your advance notice that artificial gravity will return in 4 seconds. Please ensure any glass objects are secured and that you are not floating near the ceiling or on any sharp objects. 
hilarious horse trailers. I gave Ditch a bit of a yank and he came swinging up and up and up and right over my head. I'd pulled too much. I held onto his leg and his mass swung both of us around. We were now cartwheeling over each other right toward the bulkhead door. Ditch and I came crashing down on the platform floor. I was underneath him, but he was smart. He saw me, and as he regained weight, he splayed out his feet and landed with his front feet on either side of my head. I was right underneath his body, looking up at his nose. I smiled and grabbed his neck. We made it, buddy. Ditch lifted up his muscular neck, easing me to my feet. Let's get out of here. We marched to the touchpad near the bulkhead door, and I slammed my hand on it. You do not have access to level one, and I do recall telling you once not to slam on the touchpads. These things do not grow on trees. Not like I've ever seen a tree or know what a tree is, but the fact remains. My anger was welling up inside me. We'd been kidnapped, horse-napped, and had been fighting for our lives for the past few hours. To top it all off, we'd missed out on pie. Enough was enough. That sarcastic AI was pushing my buttons now. Just as I was about to show that touchpad exactly what I thought about it, I felt a strong bump on my shoulder. Ditch. I turned and saw him swinging his nose repeatedly toward the door. Then he turned around with his butt pointed toward it. I knew what he was thinking, and I got out of the way. Ditch planted his front feet on the grating of the floor, popped his hind end off the ground, and kicked with all his might at the bulkhead door with his back legs. He double-barreled that thing with everything he had. And although he didn't kick it down, it did flex, absorbing the brunt of his kick, and then it slid straight up and open, but not quite all the way open. He dented that stubborn door pretty good, and it was hung up about halfway. But halfway was more than enough room for us to slip under. The door was making exasperated noises as it tried to open itself, and apparently giving up on that idea, it slammed back down with a tumultuous crash, right on our heels. I'm lucky I wasn't missing a heel because I had a scratch down the back of my cowboy boot where that door almost took it off. Shall we class that as willful destruction of company property? What else were we supposed to do? You could have asked me to open the door for you. You were the one that said we didn't have access. No access to level one, you said. True. I did say that, but it's also true that you never said please. Ugh. Ditch and I turned and looked at each other, both shaking our heads in utter astonishment. We had to get off this ship before it either killed us or the AI drove us insane. Glancing upward, as if the AI was watching us from some hidden camera above, I shouted, Okay. Clearly this ship is falling apart. Life support is failing. Some monster hole is gobbling up the ship, 
and apparently were the only souls on board. What is going on here? Then, despite your low-level analog-like interpretation of the situation, you pretty much have all the facts straight. Where is everyone else? Are there any other people on board? No, they all left. I am the only one here now. Left? How? Where? Why? The crew decided that the risk to ship and themselves was too great with the space-time anomaly. Clearly, you've noted that it has, as you say, gobbled up parts of this ship. Most recently, it has parked itself on an outer wall, causing the interior atmosphere of this ship to vent into space. Oxygen generators have been taken offline to prevent resource depletion until the space-time anomaly relocates. Okay, that makes sense, but where did the crew go? They are residing safely on the planet below us. What? Well, how do we get down there? It is a complex process that you have not been trained for. That was an evasive question, and I confronted the AI. You're avoiding answering the question. It would not be in your best interest to leave the ship. Sensing my frustration at going nowhere with the conversation, Ditch nickered and pawed at the floor. Let me be clear. How do we get off the ship? Ditch and I looked at each other. There was that song again. The kitchen reports that it is now capable of making time. You have previously requested time. Would you like time now? Clearly, this thing was trying to steer the conversation in a gastrointestinal direction. The mess hall is on level 4 and it's out of air, so that's not going to work, is it? Pro, so I suppose no pie I'm getting the distinct impression you don't want us to leave. Why? I waited a few seconds and looked over at Ditch with a quizzical expression and shrugged my shoulders. As I was about to open my mouth and ask again, Because then I will have no one to talk to. Well, that did it. If you've ever taken a clinic with me before, you know I'm drawn to helping horses in need. Those that are anxious, residing in fear, or not understanding what's being asked of them. Ditch was one of those horses. And now he looked at me with those big, understanding eyes. You know what you have to do, he seemed to be saying to me. <sighs> Feeling resigned to the situation, but with renewed confidence at having a plan now, I said, Then we need to find a way to get you off of the ship too. The crew? They did try. The shuttle's processors do not have the capacity for my application or data storage. So, there is a shuttle then. We can get off the ship? Are you sure you don't want pie? Of course I want pie, but that's not the point. What about a zip file? Can't we just compress your program and not bother with the data you don't need to access if you're not on the ship? And transport you that way? A zip file? That term is not found in the current linguistic library. Stand by. Access 
accessing ancient history database. I believe a zip archive may be a solution. I really need to compress myself into smaller packages and store them in the shuttle's onboard library. Wait! Before you do that, where is the shuttle? How do we get to the planet? You said it was a complex undertaking. You need to help us out here. I mean, I just helped you out. I'm helping you survive and rejoin the crew. Tit for tat, come on. Oh, that. All the shuttles have been programmed for navigation to the landing site on the planet. They are completely automated. Step through the door to your left and push the red button. That's it? That's it. What about all the complex undertaking stuff? That may have been a slight exaggeration on my part. Now get in there, I need to stop compressing my applications and will be offline in five seconds. Shaking my head, I put my hand on the touchpad for the door to our left. I fully expected to be told we didn't have access, but to my complete and utter surprise, it slid open. Ditch beat me to the finish line, so to speak, and ran in before me. Not quite the leadership agreement that we'd worked on, but I laughed and patted him on the butt. The shuttle interior was extremely simplistic, with rows of seats down the walls and cargo straps galore. I did my best to strap Ditch upright to the wall. It didn't look like a comfortable position, but he relaxed with a sigh and closed his eyes. I then strapped myself into the pilot's chair and true to her word, there was a red button on the control panel in front of me. And they're off! And I pushed the button. Ditch and I and a crazy AI blasted off into space toward an unknown planet and into many exciting adventures. And we'll share those with you right here on our podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this three-part episode. We had so much fun putting this together. To learn more about Liberty Riding and our unique style of positive horsemanship that Ditch just excels in, Hop into your space shuttle and launch on over to AmazingHorseCountry.com. We're waiting for you there. Until next time, this is Scott and Ditch, signing off. Interstellar Horse was written, narrated, and produced by Scott Phillips. The amazing vocal talents of Monique Noble were featured as the Oladia's AI and the Maniacal Elevator. The music in the intro is Celtic Union by Terry Divine King and Adam Drake, used under license from Audio Network Limited. The music that our crazy AI likes to play in the background is Russian Paddlers by Igor Dvorkin, Bibbs Eckel, and Ellie Kidd, used under license from Audio Network Limited. All other music in this episode was performed by Scott Phillips or sourced under license from Shutterstock. Sound effects were sourced from freesound.org with additional sound effects by Scott Phillips. Make sure to visit AmazingHorseCountry.com today.
we'd love to have you as a member. Your free membership gives you access to clinics, training videos, online training, webinars, membership forums, and much, much more. I'm really looking forward to seeing you online, or maybe in an abandoned interstellar cargo vessel.